0: Welcome to the First with First podcast. Uh, I'm Alan Johnson, Director of Ministries here at First United Methodist Church, and this is uh, Season 1, Episode 1 of our brand new podcast in our new format, and we're going to be discussing the uh, division, divisiveness, and the impending split of the uh, United Methodist Church in the denomination. And so I have here with us uh, our pastor James Bennington. Hey, Alan. And uh, he is—he uh, he knows everything about all this, right? He oh, just... knows everything <laughs> about all this.
1: I—I know, hopefully, what a pastor should know, ought to know, in order to lead and guide and help inform in the most accurate, meaningful way a congregation, as as all congregations in the United Methodist Church. Are gonna are gonna deal with this and have to deal with this. So I'm. I hope I know that information. I don't know everything.
0: Well, I, I don't think anybody knows everything about it, and uh, and I, I've been <laughs> kind of surprised about a lot of the misinformation that seems yeah, to be out there too. Yeah. Uh,
1: unfortunately, you know, I mean, things kind of get out there, and it, you know, it depends on maybe the group that's sharing the info. And you know, oh, well, this is fact, and and there may be some truth in that, but it may not be as totally accurate as it needs to be, and so kind of sifting and sorting through the information mm-hmm. is uh, a challenge, and it, it is a uh, one of the chief drivers of why we're doing this podcast. Uh, so. The the information that we're talking about and we're sharing is as accurate, non biased, simple, straightforward as as it can be. In order so that folks are like, okay, he, here here's here's the info. Here's what's here's what's happening, and then folks can feel like, hey, I'm informed about what may be coming down coming down the pike, and right. and as 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 possibly maybe. Something gets presented to the congregation to have to debate, think about vote upon what have you then go I, I I know I know I'm, I'm informed I can make a good decision and that's that's really uh, the the best way of being faithful and, and engaging this issue
0: well we we've put out there uh, for folks to submit questions and we've had several questions submitted, but we wanted to uh, initially kind of do some background information. Sure go over uh, you know how kind of the history of this uh, it's been a long time coming I guess yeah. and uh, so I, I think you have some of that information and Do uh, so yeah let's just start
1: yeah, I mean the, the 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 basis for our discussion is to really get kind of a grasp of you know here it is in, in 2022 and we've been we've been really wrestling with this issue since in a real Uh, direct it's it's been very much on the forefront of united methodist uh uh, new service and it's been out there for congregations since 2016 well it's got a longer history than that so what is what is a bit of the history you know how did we how did we get here well you know in 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 brief gonna hit a lot of the highlights um an exhaustive history, I mean, we'd be in episode, you know, 196 <laughs> right. before we got to a question if we, if we went to an exhaustive yeah. history. But uh, a little background on how we got here. In 1968 was the merger between the Evangelical United Brethren and the Methodist Church that formed the United Methodist Church. Um. And they both came together with the intent of joining uh, their their resources and their 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 people uh, and their their uh, uh, all their assets so as uh, that they could uh, be very influential in ministry around the world um, now the the general conference was the group that would meet every four years to make decisions about what this new denomination would do. And, and so the United Methodist Church, in four years from 1968 and 1972, um, in their Book of Discipline, in the Book of Discipline of the mm-hmm. United Methodist Church in 1972, it, it was put in print at that particular point, uh, and it was said, we do not condone the practice of homosexuality and consider it incompatible with Christian teaching and we do not recommend marriage between two persons of the same sex that language got in print mm-hmm. in the 1972 book of discipline
0: and so that that wasn't uh in the the previous denominations the the ones that united they didn't have language specific to that or uh,
1: not not to my knowledge yeah. no w- was was it, it wasn't so much a stating of no, two people of the same sex won't marry, and it's incompatible. But the emphasis on marriage between sure. is between sure. a man and a woman, and heterosexuality is the way that people would live and conduct their lives in the church. That was pretty much understood, and mm-hmm. so there wasn't anything in print. And since 1972, when it got put in the Book of Discipline, the debate has gone on ever since in mm-hmm. the church. It's it's been a factor in in church life and discussions, you know, at the general conference level on down. So, um, you know, and and it, it it it's it's been a debate in culture, uh, mm-hmm. primarily. And it's like I said, it's been a debate, especially every four years as the general conference rolls around. But let's talk about the general conference a little bit because. Okay even folks that have been in the united methodist church you know forever and a day say well um, gosh I'm you know general conference i know it meets every 4 years not not really sure about what else is is uh, involved with the general conference mm-hmm. um, the general conference is the only body in the united methodist church the only group that can speak for the denomination and can make policy or church law, if you will, mm-hmm. for the denomination. You know, an annual conference can say, we think this. A pastor can say, he or she thinks this. A, um, a local congregation can say, well, this is what we affirm through our administrative board. And, and that's significant on that level. But it doesn't speak for the United Methodist Church. Right. Only the General Conference can speak for the United Methodist Church, and that's why there is such an emphasis, such weight given to what General Conference decides or doesn't decide. Is because they're the only body that can do that. Um, the The General Conference is an international body. It's not just, you know, the United States. It's right. it's around the world, and the, it it's comprised of about a thousand delegates. They meet every four years. Um, each annual conference, like Holston Annual Conference, is our conference. Each year, or yeah, each every four years, the annual conference will elect delegates to go to the general conference. And uh, each conference gets a number of delegates, and that's based on the number of members who are United Methodist. Uh, in that annual conference, mm-hmm. Holston Conference right now gets, uh, I believe it's, it, I believe it's eight, and and it's equal eight number of clergy, eight number of laity. Mm. So it's an equal number of laity and clergy that go to the general conference. Um, bishops attend, but they do not vote. They have voice but not vote, uh, and. It, and bishops will be the presiding officers. They basically conduct and run the meetings and the sessions of of the general conference. Now, at the general conference, um, you know different groups, um, annual conferences, individuals, and so forth, will have submit petitions and resolutions that go from an annual conference to the general conference. And then at the, if they get to the general conference, they are then debated and discussed in different committees that, that deal with specific issue, mm-hmm. specific issues. The issue on uh, human sexuality and matters pertaining to human sexuality would rest with the Committee on Church and Society. And so if if that committee then says, hey, here's a resolution, and they send it to the floor of the full general conference... Mm-hmm. It's then debated, discussed, and voted upon there. If it's depending on the piece of legislation, depending on the, the resolution that's forward, and if it's voted in the affirmative, it can then become part of the Book of Discipline, uh, become church law, if you will, as a way to understand it. Uh, and then uh, it then becomes you know binding for churches, clergy, and laity from that point on if it gets into the Book of Discipline. Go ahead.
0: Well, I was just going to say, so you know, General Conference then pretty big deal for Huge. as far as the denomination goes, Huge. right? They, uh, making decisions for the entire for the global
1: church. And and the fact that the General Conference has not been able to meet mm. because of COVID right. is, I think, part of what is um, creating a lot of the tensions that are, 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 are still around this issue. I mean, the, the issue is intense and emotional sure. to begin with. But the fact that the body that can make a decision about it and say, all right, here's what we're going to do, the fact that that body has not been able to meet and things have been postponed has just added fuel to the fire of the tension and the angst and, and so forth, and then that's understandable. I mean, sure, you want a group to meet to decide. If the group can't meet to decide, well, there's no decision, right? And it just it makes people antsy over time. Yeah,
0: waiting. You, we know a change is coming. We know something big is going to happen, but then we're just kind of prolonging that.
1: Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah. It, it kind of gets it gets drug out. Yeah, and and folks, it, you know, and sometimes when there's not clear direction. On, on a particular issue uh people start to speculate mm-hmm. wonder sure um, doubt, and sometimes the doubts and the speculation become, well, I think this is what's going to happen it, and 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 it's you know there's this vacuum created, and so the speculations become, hey, this is what's going to happen well, not not necessarily right, but in the absence of of a, of a decision of a direction you know, it's human nature i think we just kind of latch onto the speculation because we got to latch to something other than just avoid you know yeah
0: yeah right. want something to we yeah we want something to happen sure so that it'll happen and we can then get through it know what to do and move forward and kind of seems like we're in a in a in a long pause uh, and and COVID didn't help that at all, of course.
1: No, no COVID, you know. COVID just, ugh. you know, COVID on so many levels has has upended a lot of life and society in the world, um, and this is one way that it has upended, disrupted the the church, the United Methodist Church, uh, because we haven't been able to meet, we haven't been able to uh, get together as a general conference and be able to talk about, hey, this is, this is how we want to work with and deal with this particular issue. Um, and you know, the, the folks folks that have the, 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 the particular passions about um, the issue of human sexuality um, you know, tends to come down on, on certain, certain viewpoints and, and they get labels you know, uh, and I, I've heard one clergy person say, and I've, I've I borrow this. He said, you know, labels are liable. and so when when a label's put on something, it it tags it a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes the the labels are helpful as we begin to, uh, in one way. So as we we as we're trying to figure out how we're talking about this, um, and so. When I, you know, in this, in this podcast, when I talk about a position being one way or another, it's not with any kind of judgment or opinion as much as it is, well, well this is a particular viewpoint of a particular group that feels a particular way about this issue. Um, for example, uh, there are folks that hold to a more uh, progressive Um, view of human sexuality in the church uh, wanting greater inclusion which would be to remove the language from the discipline to allow for same-sex marriages in the church uh, ordination of persons who are gay and lesbian then there would be folks who have a more traditional view of, of 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 what is currently in the Book of Discipline, that it is not compatible with Christian teaching and that to be gay or lesbian would be disqualifying for uh, being ordained in the church and certainly not having weddings of same-sex persons in the church. Then, to, to make it even more interesting, there's more of what's called the centrist view where... Folks have opinions of well um, they're 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 trying to they're trying to see it on both sides, and sometimes right. folks have a foot really on both sides of it and and they're very much in the middle mm-hmm. um, me personally James Bennington um, I think that there's about 10 or 15% of the folks in, in Methodist churches that are very very strong in a progressive way of thinking. And then there's about 10 or 15% who are very very strong in a traditional way of thinking. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that the overwhelming majority of people lay clergy and laity are in that 75 to 80 percent and that 70 to 80 Seventy, seventy-five, eighty percent of folks who are very much in the middle, and um, you know, an expression of the middle might be, um, I don't, um, I don't approve of homosexuality. I don't like it, but my brother's gay, but I love my brother. Mm -hmm. Or I've had uh, persons say to me, "Oh, I think uh, two people the same sex getting married in church, just fine." You know, it's legal now in the United States, mm-hmm. but I don't want my pastor to be gay. I right. think that's an expression of the middle. I mean, right. people are kind of they're 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 seeing both sides. They're they're conflicted with both sides, and so I think that is, um, you know, where the majority of churches, pastors, and and laity are. They're they're really kind of in the middle on this particular
0: issue that's one thing i've i've noticed about this issue you know if you if you kind of put it in a in a vacuum and sterilize it 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 seems very black and white cut and dry but then when you when it comes to real life and humans and and people that we know and love and it it doesn't seem nearly as black and white anymore no
1: (laughs) no it really doesn't um you know the 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 way to understand it is, you know if you sit around a table and talk about it it it's it's one thing but then when you put a face on it yeah you know a a brother a sister yeah. a neighbor someone that you care about uh um you know someone who you know you have great respect for and then they come out to you or uh someone who uh Really sees d- differs in a theological understanding, mm-hmm. um, and, or a, a biblical interpretation. Right.
0: But but they but they come at it from a place of uh, of good intention. They they come yeah. they 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 respect scripture. They believe it's inspired. They just have an honest difference of opinion and interpretation. Yeah. And, and
1: and I've seen I've seen friends and neighbors. I've seen colleagues. I myself have had back and forth with folks on this issue that you know the 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 tension is there. it's not going away yeah uh, it it we we don't agree folks don't agree. Um, you know i had a I had a conversation with with uh, someone who said um, well I, d- I don't like this particular issue. Um, I don't like it being in the church and you know, at the end of the day, I just don't agree with same sex. But my son is gay. And I love my son, and I love my son's partner. Um, and I'd hate to think that my part, I'd hate to think that my church is telling me that my son is not welcome. Yeah. And I said to her, "Well, the church is not saying that your son is not welcome." I mean, the United Methodist Church has said from the get-go that all persons, not just heterosexual or homosexual, but all persons are persons of sacred worth. Hmm. We have affirmed civil rights for everybody. We don't exclude anybody. If If anything, the Methodist Church is probably more open and receptive to any and all groups of people than any mainline denomination. That might sound biased coming from me. I mean I mean I'm clergy, so but um it, the the difference is not about being welcome and being allowed to be in the church. Mm-hmm. It's about, you know, approval and saying, Hey, this has not been part of our understanding and now all of a sudden we're gonna say, Oh no, it it's not been okay, now it is okay. Right. Right. And that's where the tension is. Sure. So um you know over over the years with general conference um it's been general conference has wrestled with this issue a lot uh and it's not just been oh gosh in, you know 2016 they had big debates about it and made some changes or or proposed some changes no it's it's been going on a lot longer than that i mean in for example in in 1984 mm-hmm the General Conference a- adopted a standard for all clergy to be, uh, for all ordained clergy to have a commitment to fidelity in marriage and celibacy and singleness and self-avowed practicing homosexuals uh, were not to be accepted as candidates for ordained ministry. Um, 1988, four years later, the General Conference said, we affirm that, God's grace is available to all, and we make a commitment as a denomination that we're in ministry to all persons, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And then, just a short eight years later, ninety-six, um, they added a, a a definition of self-avowed practicing homosexual, and that unions between people of the same sex will not be conducted in United Methodist churches or by United Methodist clergy. Um, and then in 2012, at the General Conference, um, there were two uh, resolutions, petitions, that that went to the General Conference to say that, you know, Christians in the United Methodist Church have differing opinions about homosexuality. And that basically to say, we're just not of one mind on this issue. Well, both of those failed at General Conference. They did not receive a majority vote, and so they did not become part of the discipline. The current language was remained intact. Hmm. Uh, and then in 2015, culturally, when the Supreme Court uh, legalized... Um, same-sex marriage legalized it in all 50 states that culturally moved uh, the thinking of a lot of of folks in the united states to say well it's now legal in the united states and anybody in any state uh, who wants to marry somebody of the same sex it's legal you know, it, it it has an influence on the way people interact and feel in church. Sure. So. Sure.
0: Which then led to 2016 General Conference, right?
1: Sure. Yeah that that was a an influencer, in a, in a, I think a, a factor in 2016. The 2016 General Conference, far as Methodist history goes, will be that. Uh, uh, point to say when, you know, if if we were going to... I mean, we were already divided. Mm -hmm. You know, saying that 2016, oh, we got divided in 2016. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. No, division and and separation and so forth has been going on since, well, I think it really started in 72 formally when Mm -hmm. the, the language got put in the Book of Discipline. But now... 2016 formalized, hey, there's a division here, you know, kind of from the outside looking in. Uh, I mean, I'm not a delegate. I haven't – I'm not – I don't have any kind of say. Uh, I mean, I know some folks that have attended general conference and have talked with them a bit. Um, But 2016 really, I think, formalized in in a significant way, wow, we are divided. This is not a division that's going to be easily overcome, if it can be overcome, and so some formalization of that understanding, I think, took place. Because in 2016, um, as debate was going on, very intense debate, and 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 uh, really a sense of like, well, we're going to split right here. Mm-hmm. 2016 was was taking place. Um, the 2016 general conference due to a recommendation of the council of bishops basically hit the pause button mm-hmm. on this debate and said, let's have a commission get together and look at the commission on the way forward and to come back to a called a uh, specially called general conference in 2019. So they were given uh, two and a half, almost three years, to come back and, and when this called general conference to say, "All right, here's here's a way forward. Here's a way we can go forward together and be a denomination together." Right. So be that united. was their charge: be united. Right. Um, and so. <clears throat> That commission was assembled and put together, and they began to engage their work. Now, it's interesting to note, too, just as much as 2015, um, the decision of the Supreme Court to legalize same-sex marriage was mm-hmm. an influencer. The jurisdictional conference, which always follows general conference, met in 2016. And the purpose of, general, or of jurisdictional conference is to elect bishops, Hmm. And that too is a each conference that it, it, it comprises a jurisdiction sends delegates, and there's an equal number of lay and an equal number of clergy that attend. And the whole purpose of a jurisdictional conference is to elect a bishop, who then oversees an annual conference. Um, out in the Western jurisdiction, the Western jurisdiction elected uh, karen olivito a bishop significant about that is she is openly lesbian and was elected to be a bishop in the western jurisdictional conference and presently serves as bishop of both the rocky mountain and yellowstone uh conferences Hmm.
0: um so it just Timeline clarification for me. Um this was after General Conference twenty sixteen when they kind of hit the pause button and said let's said, have the, let's commission, have the commission. commission on the way forward. Yeah. Then the jurisdictional conference met yep. and elected. The elected first her.
1: openly uh lesbian person okay. to be bishop. Right. The 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 pause button, you know, some would say, well, this is what the jurisdiction they they picked the leader that they felt would be best and you know and really move forward uh, the 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 jurisdiction and the conferences and we picked the best leader that God called us to. Mm-hmm. Others would say you can't hit a pause button and elect somebody who's lesbian because that's not saying pausing; it's it's pushing the issue. Right. And so the, the tensions really amped up right. from that. Right. Um, and um, one, one uh, conference asked for um, a declaratory uh, ruling on whether or not the election of Karen Alvito was valid. And they asked it of the of the judicial council, which is like the United Methodist Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. So when judicial council gets a gets a a, a, a a case, if you will, they will meet about it and, and look at it in terms of, you know, is it does it work with the biblical discipline? Does it fit with the Constitution? Is it is it correct and so forth? And and this is what was interesting about that. Um. That, that matter of electing someone who was openly lesbian, uh, married to another woman, being elected bishop, um, the Judicial Council of the United Methodist Church ruled in 2017. So there, there's another point for the mm-hmm. timeline. Okay. 2015, legalization. 2016, the pause button. 2016, uh, first openly gay bishop elected in the Methodist Church, United Methodist Church 2017, the judicial council of the United Methodist Church ruled 6 to 3 that while her lesbian status was a violation of the church policies governed by the book of discipline, mm-hmm. she could still retain her position as bishop and the church's western jurisdiction would handle the matter. Um, some felt that that was, well, that's that's our guideline and policies, and so that was appropriate. Mm -hmm. Others said, well, how can you say that it was a violation and still retain her office as bishop? It felt like that was contradictory. Well, it was a violation, but she still holds the office. Um, You know... I think folks were hoping the Judicial Council would offer some clarity. Right. Either affirm it, it's outright affirmed, or nope, it's invalid. And that would give some clarity. But saying it violated the policies to elect her, but then— or even though it violated the policies to elect her, she still retains the office. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it muddied the water for a lot of people. I mean, that's my assessment. Sure. It just muddied the water for people I'm like well, if if it's if it's not a proper election then how can you still hold the office to which you were? it just it just I think it it's it's like I said, muddied the water, it makes things more unclear. Yeah. Then we get to the commission on the way forward in 2019.
0: Yeah, and, and I I think that is probably a good place for us to stop uh, for our first episode uh, leading up to 2019, which I which I remember I I, I was attending here. I'd started attending here yeah, in 2019.
1: We, we had a, a a four session class on Sunday nights, mm-hmm. and we had like eighty ninety people in the fellowship hall, and it was again that effort was not to say. Oh, let's look at it from this progressive angle and go right, for that, or right. this traditional angle and go with that, or this centrist angle and go with that. It's to say, here's the info, and to allow folks to have some info, generate some questions, uh, have some time of dialogue, um, you know. And and I conducted those sessions, and they were they were tense hmm. because this issue is tense. Sure, the the emotion is there. Sure. Um, and, but I hope those sessions informed folks, but to talk about, you know, what happened with the 2019 general conference to, you know, what did they propose? What happened? What's going on from there is, is a good place. It's a good place for us to stop because well, I think what we've talked about is a lot to digest. Oh, I
0: think so too. Yeah. I think I got a you've got a pretty good overview of the history, uh, coming up to, to 2019 uh, and and then looking, you know, right, of course, right after 2019, we all know COVID hit 2020, and that was uh, another gigantic pause button on everything. But, uh, you know, come back. Tune in next time. Yep. Episode two. Yep. And Episode two. will we'll tackle the 2019 Special Called Conference Commission on the Way Forward. And as we continue to look at this issue and, and try and help everyone kind of discern and be informed.
1: And, and and folks have questions. We've got those yes. questions, and we still welcome questions.
0: Absolutely, please. Uh, and
1: we will. I think someone said, "How are you going to answer those questions?" I said, "Well, I'm going to answer the <laughs> questions. Going to respond to the questions." Uh, and and uh, from what I've seen so far, we got some good ones. And so I hope yes. I hope people will tune in and especially continue to send those questions
0: yes absolutely and as you as you listen maybe you'll have, think of some more questions Indeed. Uh, pl- please continue to send those in you can do that on the website marionfumc.org you can email us you can handwrite a note if you want to you know sure. be real old school
1: email email um, you alan or uh, email me yes uh, mm-hmm. and, and 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 we'll just we'll, we'll, we'll keep it we'll keep it going
0: We'll we'll tackle them so i want to thank everybody for listening uh, and all the things do all the things that you do like and share and comment and wherever you're listening from uh, soon hopefully you'll be able to subscribe and we'll get all that going uh, but uh, come
1: back tune in I just wanted to say you know uh, as as this podcast goes out and hopefully we've got lots of listeners and you know somebody might say gosh I, I just like to I just like to sit down and talk with Jane sure talk with the pastor I, just to say i'm 100% open to that if you just reach out to me contact me and i will be glad to do that
0: it's always helpful always good so thank everyone for listening tune in next time and uh and we'll, we'll see you then